0: You are listening to Audio Drama in a Darker Shade at darkerprojects.com. And now, our feature presentation Beyond the life giving glow of our own sun, the infinite void of dark space stretches to places where reality is only limited by our imagination. It is from these blackest reaches of the universe that we bring you Dark Matter. An anthology of original audio science fiction from Darker Projects.
1: Hello, this is Paul Mannering.
2: Evolution has been
1: described as a series of constraints, each new development leading us down an ever-narrowing path of adaption and options for diversity. Consider the possibilities if earlier experiments by nature had taken hold, and humanity as we know it today had evolved in an entirely different way. In such a world, the notion of what it is to be human would be something entirely alien to us. And what is human in our eyes would indeed be a strange specimen. Begin recording. Specimen received today at 0500 hours. Bishop Colonel Altram has confirmed that the specimen was recovered from the UFO that crashed in the desert yesterday. We are of course operating under strict military secrecy, and this recording and the accompanying report are for approved eyes only. Present are Dr. Fare Angula. Initial observations. The specimen is not human. It is in fact a tetrapod. It appears to be wearing a fitted layer of protective material that completely covers the forelimbs, the thorax, and abdomen. The material of this suit is unknown, but while... Soft to the touch, appears strong and resilient to wear and tear. The head is bulbous and currently encased in a hard shell. It has not been determined if this is part of the body or is a protective covering similar to the suit. The position of the limbs is quadrupedal, which makes the osteology of this specimen unique. The upper set is smaller and end in five-digited, prehensile hands. The tetrapod limb structure and the reduced number of fingers are a strong indication that this specimen is not human. All four limbs are jointed. The lower set has two primary joint sets. The proximal set appears capable of a wide range of movement, and the mid-distal set is hinged. The distal appendages are at right angles to the limb. We will need to remove the hard shell covering over what I believe to be the foot to determine if there is indeed an ankle joint that allowed some kind of movement. At this time, I believe that this creature's only means of locomotion would be on all fours, though this would have seriously impeded their ability to use tools. There is no evidence of additional limbs being amputated as a result of injuries sustained in the crash. It is pure conjecture at this time, but perhaps this species is subservient to a more advanced hexapod, and the crashed craft was an experiment in interstellar travel. I am now beginning my examination of the head. It has no apparent features. There is a hard, encompassing shell, which I surmise is a helmet of some kind. It has a dark, reflective, screen-like section at the front. This may be a viewing panel, which would indicate some visual apparatus situated in the cranium. There is a clip design on the front at the base. I am now opening that catch. Extraordinary! The covering is a helmet of some kind. Opening the front piece has revealed what I hesitate to describe as a face. No apparent visual organs. There are three orifices. One is clearly the mouth, and the second appears to be some kind of filtering apparatus. However, it is encased in a short, bony protrusion. Clearly, this species is not capable of traveling through water, as this orifice has no apparent sphincter. The head is situated almost on top of the torso. This lack of prehensile neck surely limits the ability of the species to observe and interact with their environment. If they are indeed quadrupedal, then we will need to seek further evidence of how they manage to survive at all. Pause recording. Good morning, Dr. Hexel.
2: Dr. McGooch. You have begun the examination of the specimen already?
1: Yes, the specimen arrived early this morning. I have been recording my initial observations.
2: An amazing find, Doctor. We were lucky the military didn't have it incinerated. Where have any other specimens recovered?
1: There was reported evidence of other specimens, but they were destroyed in the crash.
2: Ah, so, it was an extra planar vehicle?
1: Now, Cyan, we must keep all information relating to this specimen secret. The church military have strict protocols.
2: No, stop worrying, fairy. It's the diocese that is afraid of science finding some evidence against the existence of God. Is that what we have? Evidence of a non-human sapient species? Something not made in God's image.
1: I hesitate to suggest that this species is in any way sapient. Look, only two sets of limbs, and the head, the neck is so short, atrophied sensory organs, no evidence of visual sensory equipment. I believe that it is a quadruped, and therefore unlikely to have evolved into anything capable of higher function.
2: Yes, but then how do you explain its presence in a crashed vehicle of an unknown origin?
1: I believe it was a test subject. A creature placed in the vehicle by a more advanced species.
2: And the sapient species? They are, of course, hexapods?
1: Well, of course. It's irrational to consider anything with less than six limbs being capable of making the advances necessary to accomplish interplanetary flight.
2: (sighs) That's the problem with you, Fairy. You still adhere to the law of the Church. What if God, in it's infinite wisdom, allowed life on other planets to evolve in other ways? What if this species evolved as tetrapods and managed to develop science to a... a level similar to our own?
1: Preposterous.
2: Spoken like a true believer. Don't you ever find it difficult to reconcile your science with your faith? Really, fair, when you start spouting that church dogma, I have serious doubts that you're my parent.
1: Well, Offspring, when I was your age, we accepted the truth. Because we knew it was true. It had been proven and shown to be right.
2: But now we have something from another world, Fairy. A creature that has evolved in an entirely different way. Surely that must be cast doubt on your belief.
1: Our belief, Cyan. You will not identify yourself as one without faith in my presence or anywhere in this facility.
2: I know, I know. It's absurd to make atheism a crime. I'm not alone, you know. There are many others who think as I do.
1: That may be so, but you will not speak of such such blasphemy in my presence. Barry, it moved! What? Impossible. The specimen is
2: dead. I saw its... hand. Switch.
1: Bring me the stethoscope.
2: It did it again. It's alive.
1: Steady, Cyan. We must proceed carefully.
2: We should remove this covering. It may be injured.
1: Yes, you can begin by making a test incision in the covering of the first arm. See if it bleeds.
2: Hmm. No bleeding or fluid of any kind. It confirms it is a separate material covering.
1: Begin recording. At this stage of the examination, I am assisted by Dr. Hyra Hexel. I am proceeding to remove the specimen's outer shell... It is a pliable material, definitely manufactured. As it is cut away, we can see evidence of a dermis under the covering. It is covered in a light hair. The dermis has a pale pinkish tinge to it and appears to be unbroken.
2: Remarkable. A completely intact quadratic specimen, previously unknown to science.
1: It appears to be dead. I can detect no respiration or pulses. It may have suffered a critical injury to its second heart.
2: You're assuming that it has a second heart?
1: I'm merely offering its sapiency the benefit of the doubt.
2: How kind of you.
1: See here, the neck is short. I was prepared for it to somehow be telescopic, but there's no evidence of the required muscle and cartilage tissue. It really is that close to the thorax.
2: We should secure the neck, in case of injury. But we have nothing small enough.
1: Hold it, keep it secure. I'll see if we can't cut this cranial shell away.
2: Well, that is truly the oddest specimen I have ever seen.
1: We have now removed the shell encompassing the head. As speculated, the hard shell is a form of protective helmet. It appears to have protected the cranium from injury. The skull itself is unlike anything we have seen. It is large, rounded, and bulges to the posterior. The entire skull is capped by a short growth of fur. This fur appears to be thinner across the torso.
2: Dr. Nagula, shall we continue to remove the covering of the lower section of the specimen?
1: Yes, we need to complete the physical examination for any apparent external injuries.
2: Concentration of fur at the apex of the lower limbs. A small suetopod of indeterminate purpose located at the apex. Possibly a vestigial limb or sensory organ.
1: No immediate indication of genital structure. Small dermal sac located posterior and inferior to the vestigial organ at the inferior limb apex. Testes. I beg your pardon?
2: The dermal sac. What if it is the specimen's testes? Externally situated.
1: Ridiculous. What possible advantage could be gained from external testes?
2: Nothing comes immediately to mind. But there is a distinct physiological disadvantage to being a tetrapod, and the specimen appears to have survived as one.
1: We have not considered the possibility that this could in fact be a specimen of a previously unknown species suffering from serious congenital defects.
2: Unlikely. What sapient species would include their most malformed on a crew of interplanetary travelers?
1: Certainly not something we humans would do.
2: A pulse. Weak, but there is a pulse. Located here, on the inner thigh of the inferior limb.
1: Let me listen. Extraordinary. A singular pulse. Either it is surviving on a secondary cardiac organ function, or... or...
2: It has one cardiac organ. I know. The concept of the species existing with a single heart is preposterous. But look at the evidence.
1: This is most disturbing. I will need to notify Bishop Colonel Altrum
2: immediately. Why is it disturbing? We have made a fantastic discovery. Not only do we have clear evidence that humanity is not alone in the universe, but we have clear evidence of alternative evolution. There are clearly planets with advanced species which have evolved into entirely different morphologies. Barry, this is the scientific discovery of the millennium. We can't just abandon this knowledge to the Church!
1: Faith gives us strength, Cyan. There is no benefit in allowing doubt to enter the hearts of those who are not filled with the truth of God's light.
2: Oh, please, Barry. You know what this means? The truth of this specimen cannot be denied. We cannot just allow it to be lost because of what it proves.
1: If the existence of this specimen were to be made public, the crisis of faith would be catastrophic. A sapient tetrapod capable of traversing the void of space? possibly interstellar travel, can you imagine the difficulty of assimilating this new information into the doctrine of the Church? God in his omnipotence created a second species of sapiens and they were not in his image? Why does the Bible not tell us of this?
2: It is as we atheists have known them very. The Bible is not the complete truth. You cannot maintain its divine origin. In the face of the evidence. We are
1: continuing our examination of the physical structure of the specimen. The inferior limbs are symmetrical and are of larger structure than the superior limbs. A matching set of diarthrotic joints are apparent. The proximal joints appear to match the range of movement of the upper limbs. The mid-distal joints are hinged and the distal joints are similar to those of the distal hand appendages of the upper limbs. I hesitate to call the terminating phalangeal network feet. They are small, and detailed dissection of the entire musculoskeletal form will be required to hypothesize on whether the specimen is at all capable of standing upright. I see little evidence of this capability given its lack of supporting secondary limbs in the lower trunk and lack of tail.
2: Very. open your eyes to-
1: There can be no discussion of this. We both know the penalty for speaking against diocese law. God is the source of all life and we are created in God's image. The hexapodal form of the four limbs we walk on, the two arms, our multinodal nervous system, binary cardiac function, all are signs of God's hand in our creation. We are the result of divine intelligent design. This thing on the table before us is nothing more than a physiological divergence. Yes, God created it, as he did all life, but we cannot know God's purpose. We cannot hope to understand the full scope of God's design. We can only give praise and wonder at his works. We must continue our examination. The specimen will be terminated humanely, and then we can begin a dissection.
3: Dr. Nagula, Dr. Hexel. I am here for your report.
1: Ah, uh, Bishop Colonel Altram, Delighted you could join us. We have made an initial examination and would be happy to discuss our findings with you.
3: Very good. This is the specimen?
2: Yes, Bishop Colonel.
3: God, what an awful thing.
2: On the contrary, Bishop Colonel. It is a remarkable specimen, and one that will have a profound effect on all humanity.
3: Spoken like a true scientist, Dr. Hexel. I, on the other hand, am a simple soldier of God, and I see only a demon struck down by his will.
2: Of course, that's all you...
3: Thank
1: you, Dr. Hexel. Bishop Colonel Outram. we would request additional time to analyze this specimen. We have determined it is not human. There are many non-human aspects to the anatomy of this specimen. We believe it may, in fact, be of an extraterrestrial origin.
3: You are aware, Dr. Nagula, that only angels and demons can be considered to be of an extraterrestrial origin?
1: Yes, of course. But this is a tetrapod, a mammalian organism with only four limbs, Bishop-Colonel. It has but one set of legs and many other features that separate it from humans.
2: So
3: you are saying it is not of God's creation, then?
1: Well, I would not be so impudent as to judge the Lord's work.
2: It is clear evidence of the existence of non-human intelligent species, which occur. As we know that no such species exists on Earth, it must therefore be from another world. An unacceptable conclusion,
3: Dr. Hexel, and therefore your observation is incorrect.
2: Incorrect? How can you stand here in front of the physical evidence and state that my conclusions are incorrect? You must be blind!
1: I apologize, Bishop Colonel. She is young, impetuous, and it is the nature of the young to question the wisdom of their elders.
3: You are well educated, Dr. Hexel. You are aware, of course, of the
2: penalty for the sin of denial. You mean the sin of atheism, Bishop Colonel. I am aware of the penalty and the nature of this sin.
3: Good. Your parent is well respected and a man of devout faith. It would do well to take guidance from him.
1: Thank you, Bishop Colonel. I will pay closer attention to the ongoing education of my child.
3: Clearly, God has balanced the gift of your piety with the challenge of such offspring. You may well be the job of our current age, Dr. Nagula.
1: Oh, (laughs) really, Bishop Colonel, there are those who face greater
2: challenges. I can think of one person in this room who comes to mind.
3: My apologies, Dr. Hexel. I did not hear what you said.
2: I said I am truly blessed to have such a patient and wise parent, Bishop-Colonel.
3: Indeed. Now, in regards to this specimen, it is to be removed and incinerated forthwith.
1: Oh, dear.
2: What? You cannot be serious. This is a remarkable find. You cannot... Just destroy it because it doesn't fit with your view of existence. Cyan,
1: please calm yourself.
2: We cannot stand by and let this atrocity take place. We cannot allow the zealot to hide the truth. You are crossing a line,
3: Doctor. I would shut up before consequences are inevitable.
1: Cyan, please be quiet.
2: I cannot be quiet. I will not stand idly by and let the truth be hidden. We have evidence. Empirical irrevocable evidence of alternative evolution before us, Bishop-Colonel. We should embrace this new information. We should celebrate the revelations of science and stop destroying anything that does not match the preconceived concepts of the Church.
3: Blasphemy! Blasphemy! A cardinal sin. May God strike you down for your false utterance.
2: But he won't because God does not exist. There are only the myths perpetrated by the Church. There was never clearer evidence of evolution. For too long, the Church has suppressed and destroyed truth. We must separate Church from State. We can never have freedom until these two institutions can stand apart.
1: Oh God, Cyan, what are you saying?
3: Dr. Cyan Hexel, you leave me no choice. I am placing you under arrest for the sins of atheism. Blasphemous utterance against the laws of God. Sergeant! Sergeant!
1: Oh, God. Oh, my poor child. Why does she insist on espousing such insane beliefs?
3: Dr. Nagula, I am sorry for your wayward child. The word of God is the word of law. We are all but servants to his will. Trial and execution will be conducted promptly.
1: Cyan. Oh, oh, my child. Cyan.
3: The specimen and all notations you have will be handed over to the church authorities immediately.
1: Yes, of course. Of course. The specimen must be disposed of. We cannot have further seeds of insurgents germinate from such ridiculous speculations.
3: Your conduct during this incident has been laudable, Dr. Nagula. I will ensure that the unfortunate sins of your child are not reflected upon you by the diocese.
1: Thank you, Bishop Colonel.
3: I I do not need to remind you to never speak of what has taken place here today, Doctor.
1: No. No, of course not. Nothing shall ever be said. Faith gives us strength. Doubt has no purpose. The alien specimen will be handed over to church military personnel for destruction.
3: I will return when I have arranged transport to the incinerator facility.
1: May God have mercy on my soul. Stop recording.
0: You have been listening to Dark Matter The Specimen. Written by Paul Mannering. Theme composed and performed by Kai Hartwig. Featured in the cast were Perry Whittle as Fareen Nagula, Daniel McRae as Dr. Cyan Hexel, and Mark Kalita as Bishop Colonel Altram. The series was produced and directed by Paul Mannering. Post production by Matt McLaren. The executive producer for Docker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Docker Projects production.